Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hi guys, welcome back to the podcast. Uh, just before we start this episode, I'm just asking a little favour. I really appreciate the hours some of you are investing into the channel, simply watching the videos. But to help the channel grow, what I would love for you to do is hit the subscribe button if you enjoy the channel. And if there's any particular podcast you enjoy, please hit the thumbs up for like button. It will do massive things for the channel if we can do that. And thank you very much for your continued support and feedback. Hi guys, welcome to our uh, latest edition of the podcast and it gives me a great pleasure to introduce a guy that I've been desperate to get on the podcast for a while, he's a busy man, um, it's a pleasure and very proud to have him here, ladies and gentlemen, Derek Ferguson, how are you Derek? I'm magic, uh, I, you're saying a busy man, I think my missus uh, wants me busier yeah. and my boys, they want me to get a real job, I'm not interested in a real job now, uh, to be fair I've not really had a real job, I don't know. Because fuck was not a real job, according to a lot of people. Aye, you know what I mean? It's a great job. Aye. It's a brilliant. See, I never called it a job. There you go. It's, uh, I always thought, man, it's a, pl- a privilege, you know, because you keep yourself fit, play football, something we all love doing. So, uh, aye, I've never had a real job, and I don't intend to get a real job, to be honest with you. So, Monday. my missus uh, comes in and watches this podcast. I ain't getting a real job, hen. Sorry. <laughs> That's a brave way of doing it, isn't it? Could you not just tell it to her face? No, no, you're kidding, man. Oh, no. Don't mess with the missus. So, So your your story, Derek, um, kid, manager boy, um, just to go through chronological order, tell us a bit about, you know, where you were brought up, what that looked like, and then, you know, you're maybe your your first bits into grassroots football. Well, actually, I'm I'm for the East End of Glasgow, uh, born in Bellison, brought up in Shittleson. Uh, Githamlock, then Balanock. I stayed with my granny, uh, to be honest with you, Craig, for uh, for most part. My mum and dad were working really hard uh, to better themselves. Uh, so I was there, I went to Balanock Primary School up to, I think, about the age of nine, ten, before we, there was a kind of overspill. Uh, the kind of Glasgow people moved out to kind of Hamilton. So I went to stay in, in Little Learnock in Hamilton. But, uh, but I have got good memories, even though I was that young. Uh, I had great memories of, you know, growing up, being brought up with my granny. I love my granny Fergie, uh, a woman that you wouldn't mess with. Uh, 110 Balanock Road, that was right on the, the old Edinburgh Road. Used to watch the, uh, when we were playing football out in the streets, as everybody did, every now and again we had to stop because the, the Barry L and the toy, the gangs, <laughs> would be battling uh, across the old Edinburgh Road. So we used to go up in the verandas. Uh, stone and watch or the, or the crackpots uh, knocking lumps out of each other and then once they'd finished we'd go back down and, and play football at like, 10 o'clock at night before your granny would well my granny Fergie would shout me up upstairs need to get to bed get to school in the morning so uh, nah I loved my, my upbringing so I did and when did you move out to Hamilton maybe? as I say about 9 or 10 okay. uh, I moved out there uh, little Ernock it was primary 6 or primary 7 Nielsland primary 
it's a wee bit different when you go out there. You again, you need to make new pals and that, which is it's easy when you're you've got the love of football, didn't you? So, uh, but uh, I moved out there, and uh, as I says, my man da, we moved that we didn't just move to Learn, we moved out to Bells Hill as well. We, we moved a couple of places in Hamilton. But it was a case, it was my man, da, I mean, they used to work their soaks off and it was just because they wanted to try better sell, get a better house and all that. So uh, it kind of rubbed up, rubbed off uh, in me and probably with Barry a little bit. That uh, I mean, I know we're in a kind of privileged position. You've still got to work your, your backside off for, for certain things. So, you know, uh, even get back to see, get back to Glasgow, because I tell my boys, I mean, I used to get a pair of... Uh, we kind of plimsoll things. They wear them in the gyms and the schools these days. I used to go to the Pakistani shop and get them. Uh, and they would last you a week, but they, then they, were, they cost a pound, I think, at that time. But they only lasted like two or three days and then you were putting cardboard in them. And my boys don't believe that. But that's the way we used to run about because you were always out in the street playing football. Different in this day and age, isn't it? you know, you don't see that. No, you don't. And see, see your, your football, mm. um, everybody played for the, the minute everybody. they walked out the door. But mm. when did you start playing organised football? Was that when you were still in Glasgow or was that I, once you got to Hamilton? And... I, I Blue Star, uh, who were up in Easterhouse, I used to play for them. Uh, I think that was about a year or two before I moved out to, to Hamilton. Uh, I moved out there, it was Burnbank, Burnbank Boys Club before I moved uh, Made the wee move to to Gartcosh. Maybe tell you a wee bit about that later on because that was that was because at that time Celtic Boys Club were dominating football, and there was a guy called the uh, I can't remember Mister Skinner we used to call him, but he he took some of the better players for uh, some of the teams, put them all together to challenge Celtic. Gartcosh uh, is the I mean, I, I, I saw a wee bit of the show with Dave and, uh, and Shuggy, you know, and they're talking about the S form. I, I think the S form was a great thing. I always thought the kind of the academies that they have in this day and age, I know you're take today with a lot of stuff and that, but I just think the S form was a better, uh, it gave you a better opportunity because you signed that contract for 12. And that took you through to 16. And a lot happens, as you know, we, we youngsters, even the growth spurts, and sometimes the things are no great at home. And so all these things you've got to take into account. I just think it gives you a better opportunity all that four years. I hate to see the boys get took in for like six months, a year, and then they're, they're told they're no good enough. Now, one of the hardest things to, to receive in football is rejection. You know, it's hard, even as an adult, you know, when you get told, hey, you're not good enough, you, know, you don't fit in here. I mean, it, it kills you. So what does that do to youngsters? So it affects them. So that's why I think the S-form was a, a, a better way of going about it. And they kind of roughly had an idea, I think, when they, you got to the age of 14, 15, whether they were going to keep, keep you on or whether they were going to let you go. But I think it was done in a better way. I, I, just, I just hate to see them. Craig just getting in for six months and then told that nah, yeah, good enough. Yeah. On the, I think it was a, the shoe one, I was talking about a conversation I had with Robert Smith not long before he, he took ill. And he was telling me, when you sign a pro youth player at mm -hmm. 10 year old, where you can sign for a club, a wee bit of break in the season at the end of the season, you're actually only signing them and committing to them for 10 months. Uh -huh. Whereas if you're 22, you've got to commit to you for three, four, maybe five years at times. Mm -hmm. And if clubs had that, that they had to come at that length of time, there might be more work put in before they just pull kids in and, and send them out. But mm. I, the S-form side was, was when I was a kid. I it, it was brilliant. I mean, my coaches were uh, Tam Forsyth, yeah. John Gregg, Tommy McLean, Alec Miller. So that was a couple of times a, a week. Erin uh, Albion, which is a car park now, uh, that was your coaches. So, But it wasn't just the football side there. Installed other things into discipline, yeah. which is massive. They get you off the street. So, that was a great thing as well. And you, you, you see other guys talk about the, the boxing as well. They get the guys off the street because if we weren't playing football, if we weren't, uh, and this is organised football, what would we all be, be up to? We'd be up to probably no good. So, that's how there's no enough money invested in, in youth football. No, I, I, I agree with you, and um, Charlie and I talk a lot about it. Charlie's Charlie Miller does a uh, brilliant, by the way, Joe. And um, you think that 
think we agree in your, your thoughts are similar with grassroots football mm-hmm. and it's our job at grassroots to put as many players as possible into the pot and then the, the better ones will come out and go to pro youth and mm-hmm. that's fine that there's a hierarchy system there. i totally understand that but my fear is that the ones that are going into the pot at the top and mm-hmm. your grassroots yeah. are predominantly middle class and above and the, the, the reason for that is we need to charge our kids to coach them mm-hmm. we're all volunteers but we need to provide spent you do all your fundraisers uh, i think we're about four or five grand a month wow. just just that's just for parts to train on that's before you take in the 11 aside ones needing parts on a saturday mm-hmm. paying for refs paying for x y and z your league fees and all that four or five grand the last time i sat doing your treasurer now we need to get that money back in somehow mm-hmm. and we need to charge fees mm-hmm. um you know there's a lot of Parents a lot of commitment getting the kids back and forth to their training. Unbelievable. They want the ones, they want the new boots, they want the latest shinies, they want the, mm-hmm. the whatever. This new thing where they cut their socks and oh, I don't want feeding their socks, drives me insane, mate. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's an expensive sport. So I'm not convinced we're getting. So you take a Davy Cooper, a Jamie Johnson, a Jimmy Henderson, mm-hmm. uh, Willie Henderson, Willie Johnson. See, these players, mm-hmm. they might still be there today. But see if they're no middle class or above, we might never see them. So we're not getting a chance to see them development a wee bit as mm-hmm. much as we can as volunteers to then pass them on to pro clubs. And football to me is not the working class isn't he isn't there as much as it used to be. That... It's by the way, it's fair it's more than fair comment because uh I mean I've ran my boys about uh here, there and everywhere, and I was lucky enough to be able to do that because I had a car, because uh <laughs> That, well, it's not a job that I had, you know, because I was finished at lunchtime, you know, and I, I, I was able to do that. No, everybody's able to do that. Yeah. Do you want to know what I think should happen? And I think, you know, I don't know if it's been put out there before. See players that in the game today, I think there should even be like a percent or half a percent of their wages and it's put back into the grassroots football. Because without grassroots football, without guys like yourself and all these guys up and down the, the, the country, that uh, they get not the only thing, well, I would imagine what you get about it is a pleasure of seeing somebody going on and oh, you know, God. and maybe so th- that's your kick. But you sh- should be rewarded, you shouldn't be having to fork out that four or five grand. That should be there, should be a pot of money there that you should uh, be able to get into that and take that out to keep your club alive. And that comes for what. And I wouldn't have minded that. See if somebody comes to us, uh, comes into the club and says, by the way, uh, there's going to be a percent, one percent of your wage, and we're going to put it back into grass football. Would you accept that? Without a shadow of doubt. Because without the guys at Blue Star, at Burnbank Boys Club, at Gartcosh United, who I played for, I wouldn't have got the opportunity to play football. Simple as, isn't it? Aye, and, and with modern football, I mean, your guy that's playing for Dumbarton, maybe most, uh, not so much, but see your guy playing for Rangers even, and the, the 20th, 25th person in the squad, they're making fortunes. Mm-hmm. 1% would make and, no big difference to them, but a massive aye. difference. To, but anyways, so do you want to set up a direct debit then? <laughs> <laughs> do, do you know something? But do you know how that's a good idea? I think it's a great idea. It's very like, clever and, and simple. You, you make a, a good, like you're saying the guy at Dumbarton, who, right, just say for sake, earns £100. Right, so a percent of that, and then there you've got a guy that earns a hundred thousand pounds, you know, and then you get a percent of that, you know, and you add that up. It should be because the players should think about that, the unions or whoever it is. I don't know, I'm not clever enough, but it's just something that I think should happen. That if I was approached with somebody that says, Would you give me half a percent, a percent, or two percent of your wages, uh, and put it into this pot for grassroots football? So that they don't need to worry about paying for a part. They don't need to worry about getting a bag of boys, getting new strips and all that. Because we're always in the supermarkets and you see the aye, the bucket and they you know, and they they have to date the parents. You know, the, the par- even like you're just saying it, and it can be middle class, but what about the person that hasn't got a car? You know, then could we get them out there in a taxi or something or, or organise something? Could we have a bus? There's there's loads of stuff out there, but uh so what we've got to, and I've had a, an okay living out of football, but without uh, all these coaches and all that, I wouldn't be here. So would I have put something in here? Of course, course I would. Right. I without a shadow of a doubt. No, fair play. So yeah, um, did you go to Gartkosh before your involvement with Rangers, or was it the Rangers S form that, that Oh, I was, you there? I was at 
Rangers uh, as an S form. Uh, that was for for Burnbank Boys Club. I was playing, so but you were allowed to play obviously with your school team at that time in, in Gartcosh. So I was, I think, I, I went to Gartcosh. I was under 14s, under 13s, 14s. We'd won the Scottish Cup with Burnbank Boys Club down at Kilmarnock, uh, and then as I says, the uh, Mr Skinner had this idea that he wanted to challenge. Celtic because they were dominating everything and he was taking two or three of the better players, well, so-called better players, you know, and put them into a team to challenge Celtic. So, so, so I you, was at Rangers, I Was it, I take it, it was Burnbank that you were playing for when the S-form thing came about then? Mm-hmm. Aye. And what was that like, getting that news? How did that come about? You know, who Did the scout come and see you or, or what was the story? It's just the usual, you know, you get asked in, in trial. Uh, so you go in, of course you're a wee bit kind of apprehensive. Uh, but that just disappeared for me. As soon as I walked in the doors, and remember, it was it wasn't a, a, a training ground. We went to Ibrooks, you know, which is an absolute buzz. And uh, but I'd been a few places. I'd actually been there training with Celtic as well. And that's the, the big difference that I can remember away. But I remember going into the, the Celtic dressing room. And that was at Parkhead. And I remember getting in there, and uh, you could see everybody. All the boys were quite nervous, and you know, we could be about to go out and train. We didn't know each other. When it went to Ibrooks, it was a totally different atmosphere. Uh, it's hard to describe. It just felt more relaxed. There was a wee bit more uh, carry-on, uh, which maybe has played a, a big part in my <laughs> career as well. But I don't know. I just, and obviously being a Ranger supporter, just right away I felt at ease. I felt at home. And then within the first uh, couple of training sessions, they had contacted uh, my old man. Did they want to sign? Well... Daft que- right, question, <laughs> isn't it? You know, so and the rest is kind of history. So you you sign your S form, you then get sort of farmed out to Gart Kosh to this, mm-hmm. um, and there were a few S form players. Was there any other boys for Rangers in it, Gart Kosh at the time? Mm, eh, to be honest, no, there wasn't. Eh. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Try to think. There is one guy, Big Bondy. I'm trying to remember his name. By the way, I've had too many smacks in the back of the napa. <laughs> so I've uh, oh, his, his name will come to me. Uh, he was in. It was, uh, so it was only me and him that was in. That's terrible, isn't it? I can't remember his name. We'll come back to but there was a, a lot of the other boys were like, kind of other clubs, you know, yeah, Saint Martin. I think it was one or two attached to, to Celtic. But as I say, it was a kind of for for a season. It was only for about a season that we were all brought together because I was too good to get cosh. With Rangers, Rangers put me in the, the reserves, which uh, I don't know. See, in hindsight, I don't know if it was a good thing or a bad thing. Uh, the reason I was took out of uh, playing with Gart Kosh was uh, I was getting into bad habits. And the bad habits was I was dribbling with the ball, beating people and scoring goals. <laughs> uh, I, I know. People go, they scratch their, their head and they go, ah. He used to score goals and beat people and all that. <laughs> you because, took me on. <laughs> I took me on, I know. And because uh, they wanted to kind of, they thought it was, it was, I was finding it too easy, you know. So I was, then I go, I go in, obviously, the reserves. So, last time you couldn't have 15. And you're 15. playing the football. So I'm not physically developed either. Yeah. Uh, mentally as well, you know, you, you see physically, but mentally up there. So the next thing, I'm in the reserves. These guys, uh, our first team players coming back for injury. Yeah. These other guys are desperate to become Rangers' first team players, and I'm through in the mix. So uh, it was a, uh, it was tough. Let's just say that. So I had to grow up pretty quick. 
So I did in that environment because that's totally different if you're going for the boys' football, excuse me, into that environment where you're playing with men, you know. Ah, that, that's a tough gig. And the, the guys you're playing against are, are not going to be any mugs. You know, you're playing against some seasoned pros. And again, you know, you'd be playing somebody at Dundee United that's got 200 first-team appearances, mm-hmm. but he's just coming back for an injury. And you're you're a 15-year-old getting flung in to play against him. So who was in the Rangers uh, reserves at the time? That was uh, the usual. It was Shoggy Burns. Uh, there was the, the Fleckies, the Dave McFarlane's. Uh, there was guys like Bobby Russell, even David Cooper, it's Derek Johnson coming back. Finch, I'm, I'm in playing with them. But you're talking about playing against the opposition. So that dribbling with the ball and scoring goals didn't happen. <laughs> because I knew, but if I did, if I was dribbling with the ball, one thing I was getting put up, up in the air, six right. feet in the air. So I had to release the ball a wee bit quicker. And then I became a different player. You know, it was pass, move, pass, move. And uh, and do it early. Because if it didn't, you get well, you you get smashed for the opposition, but also you get shirked. Uh, you would get a you would get a bit of abuse. So that's what I'm saying. You had to have thick skin. You had to be able to deal with that. But also, if you didn't deal with that, you either sink or you swim. And some some boys will, will crumble. Uh, but that's a, probably the difference back in that day and age was I had to I had to learn. I had to accept that. Get on me. Take the criticism and kick on again. Far too often, what you see is people or young players when they get a bit of criticism, when they get uh, shut up for a fellow pro, they kind of crumble a wee bit. So, uh, aye, it was uh, it was difficult at times to be honest with you, but an absolute buzz because I'm I'm playing my guys that are I'm sitting in the centenary stand, let's <laughs> support. Singing the songs and then I'm, out, I'm I'm playing with them, so it's a real one. Mad. Uh, incredible. John McDonald, no, right? He, he, we saw I'm just uh, trying to, the, the, the name. So, uh, they all come back. Uh, Kenny Black, you know, and that. Kenny Lyle, Ian Ferguson. Just try to Billy Davis. Billy Davis, what a player we Billy was. Uh, he was a captain in the reserves. He was top drawer. Oh, I love wee Billy Davis. Uh, all the guys, you know, in the mix with them. And, and you're the youngest by a, by a good bit, I imagine. Aye, you know, and uh, so, no, nah, it was an absolute buzz. So what position were they playing at the time, Derek? Uh, at times in the middle of the park, but sometimes uh, wide in the right. Uh, so it was kind of wide right is in a midfield role. So, uh, but it was a real learning curve. So it was uh, in terms of, because... I did. I love to dribble with the ball. I love to do the wee flicks and the wee tricks and that because I enjoyed that. Because the reason I, I'm saying I like to dribble because my heroes, you well know, is, is Coop, David Cooper. I love watching David Cooper. I love watching Bobby Russell, you know, and I, I wanted to be them. So the next thing I'm playing in the same team as them at times, you know, when they were come back for injury. So, what's it like? You're, you're 15, right? You're getting kitted up. You're playing the reserves, you're playing against whoever, and you're expecting it to be uh-huh. one of the proper reserve players and some youngins. And you find out David Cooper's playing the day, right? uh-huh. and you're getting to take the pitch with David Cooper. Uh-huh. Do you know something? I wonder, she she think about it. I wonder what they thought of me coming in at that age because they, would, they must have been going like, Who's this? Guy, the boys on the papers, that, isn't it? But they must have been going like that. And you know, the one, the one thing I will, I will say, and but listen, I enjoy, I love a laugh and all that. But the one thing I, I did have for them was utter respect, yeah. you know. So if they asked me to do something, I would, I would do it, no, no problem. But, uh, but I also sometimes think, what did they think of me? Yeah. You know, they must have been like that. Oh, lucky we saw it getting that <laughs> now because they, pro- they might have had. To, I don't know their story. They might have got that opportunity at 17, 18, 19, whatever. And there's a wee young 15-year-old coming in with an opportunity, you know, to play. And, and were you playing regular for the reserves? It wasn't as if it was once a month. Were you no, I was kind of, uh, And we were winning reserve uh, league titles now. Because we were, there was, that's what I'm saying. The, the players have just uh, telling you about there. You know, they were all Great good team. players. And the one thing is, all the guys were all winners. So, and that, that's the other thing. You can't have an okay game. You can't uh, just scrape through and win. You need to win, but you need to win with a wee bit of style and do it well. And um, I, I was at the game, um, for size testimonial. Mm-hmm. What do you respect? Oh, I, I was 10. 
<laughs> I can remember that again. I remember my dad said, "She that wee guy there. Uh, <laughs> He's still at the school, right?" <laughs> How did that come about? You making your debut in that, that just, testimonial? That must have been amazing. Uh, that news. Just get in, help out. I was asked by uh, John, John, Greg, uh, go in, help out with the kit, help the players. They need their boots cleaned, uh, studs changed. They need a cup of tea, paper, whatever they need. I was just to get in and get it, uh, make sure everything was all right, uh, and then the next thing. Greg, he said to us, he went like that, he says, listen, uh, I'm going to give you a strip the day you wear it, you'll sit on the bench, you can, in fact, you can go on and do a wee warm-up at half-time and that, even before the game, do you, are you up for that? And I was like, oh, up for it? Of course, I. so the next thing, so I'm sitting and I'm out warming up and it was Swansea, we played, uh, Big Tam played the first five minutes, then he come back to the bench, sat down the bench, having the fag, puffing away. I'm, I'm looking down, going, what's up with the day? You know what I mean? Well, I'll need to, sit, I'll need to start getting on the fag. You know what I mean? So I'm sitting there. So without even thinking, so half time uh, comes and goes into the second half. And I, I'm I'm buzzing. I'm loving it. You know, I'm sitting there and like, my dad doesn't even know. He just thinks he's going to pick me up after the game, come and get me an hour after the game. So my dad's come to pick me up. So Next thing, big Tam, he just looks across and he says, do you fancy going on here? No. And I'm looking at him, I'm going like that. I just nod to him, I went that. He went, right, get yourself warmed up, you're going on. True. And, and I for size on. call. Tam for size call. So I go on, it's his testimonial. You can, you can do what you want. And Tam come on the last five minutes, I think he scored. I think they let him through and score. But what a buzz, you know what I mean? That's a, I keep using that word buzz. But it was, it was... Crazy. My, my memory as, as a 10-year-old uh, is always different. You always think every game's full house and all that, and it wasn't. But it was a fair crowd that day. There must have been a good crowd because uh, older people want to say thanks. And oh, well done to Tampa Sides. 30,000, I would imagine. 25, 30,000. Uh, so, that nah, was crazy. And it was, uh, I used to go to the games. It was uh, Big Willie Houston, boy for a little learner. Uh, it was Pally uh, with him and a uh, few other boys and He'd have been sitting in there and he'd be going like that. See then. There are wee bastards getting on. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I'd, the one thing I never done when I played football, I never looked into a crowd. I never looked, even later on, didn't look for family, didn't look for pals. I was, once I crossed that white line, I'm in the zone. So, but I could imagine a few of them, even some of the guys for uh, my pals for Earlock High School, they might have been sitting in the stand that day and going like that. Christ, that's Derek. That's Derek. 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 Uh, I miss kind of Sandy Jarden. I think he just left at that time. I think he was playing with, with Hearts, uh, big bomber as well, big Colin Jackson. But uh, nah, and it's a thing that doesn't seem to happen that often no, because no, of the money in the game, because people move move so much. Aye. But uh, like Sir McGregor, I mean, testimonial, and it's no disrespect whatsoever. I was at his testimonial mm -hmm. down there, just sitting there going, What a career that boy's had. But it split, his, his testimonial time is split over two two sessions, you know. Aye. Don't get me wrong, if it wasn't for <clears> what happened <throat> in 2012, he might, he might never have left. But Aye. um, for any player to be at any club nowadays for 10 12 years as a first team regular is going to take some doing, and they should be rewarded. Aye, I think, no, I'm saying rewarded financially, but even be acknowledged. And have they do it because it's great for his his teammates all come together and celebrate what he's achieved because I McGregor mean, was absolutely top notch, wasn't he? Aye, no bad calling. Aye. Um so that that, that uh, happens, you're fifteen, you've dipped your toe in a wee bit and thought this Aye. is all right. Um how did you play? <laughs> do you know I can't even remember? Just and it's the excitement. There is a wee bit of nerves. It, it's it's no right to me to say that I was any nerves. Of course, there's a wee bit of nerves, but just me excited. Just, just want to go in the ball, and again, just want to show what you can do. Uh, don't dribble too much. Pass it to But there you go. Do, do you know something? And that's why I sometimes thought of football. It's simple game, isn't it? Just if you could get a good touch, receive the ball, a good touch, and you get to uh, players that can make a difference. 
the David Coopers. And in my time, when I was playing with the likes of Geranti, Mark Walters, Ali McCoy, get to the guys. They did the hard thing. They put it in the back of the net. I did the easy thing. I just take a touch, get to them. That way it is. Simple, isn't it? It's not difficult. No. <laughs> Rightly or wrongly, I, I tell kids, there's three things you can do. See, once you get that ball under control, there's only three things you can do. Mm. You can either shoot, pass or dribble. That's it. Decision making. Is... Do it in that order. Oh. See if you can shoot, shoot. Maybe they'll ever get any trouble in our club for shooting. Mm-hmm. Right? Second thing should be pass it. Because if there's something in a better position, they may be able to get a shot off. Yeah. And then the last thing you do is move. Mm-hmm. Trouble with the ball. Pass, that move, aye. That was a good passive movement, and, but the thing is, get to and you, you recognize even when you play, you're in a game, and you know, I'd say, like Mark Walters, you always want to isolate Mark Walters 1v1. So, if I could do that in a game, you know, you, you know, he's he's there, you know, he's just that the fullback starting to creep in, and then you just check out, get to Mark as early as you can, gives him that opportunity, get he's uh, get the fullback, get past him, creates an opportunity. With your auntie, you know, magnificent like, timing runs and all that. If you can get that weight of pass into him, boom, he's through, scores goal. McCoy, you know, McCoy was clever, so he was as well. Uh, all the guys, you know, so it's about giving them the ball in certain areas where they can do the damage. I'd just like to take a, a minute to talk to you about NordVPN, which is a company that I use their services. I use it majority of the time when I'm travelling abroad and I want to uh, keep up to date with the programs I'm watching at the time, or more importantly to me, um, the sports that I want to watch when I'm abroad. So it doesn't matter where I am in the world, I can still watch the channels and the games and the sports that I want to. It also gives me security and some privacy that I'm looking for when I'm browsing the internet. They've got an exclusive huge discount available to viewers of the podcast, and they'll give you an additional four months free and top of whichever package you go on if you use our, our code. To get that, plus a 30-day, no quibble, uh, money-back guarantee, all you need to do is log on to nordvpn.com backslash Craig, C-R-A-I-G, and that'll get you the exclusive discount plus the four months free on top of whichever package you go for. So go and give them a look, guys, and certainly I've had no problem using them in the times I'm travelling abroad when I mostly use them. Thank you very much. That boy mentioned Durant, was he a decent football player? He was no bad, by the way. Uh, I came across Durante when I was 16, when he came into the club. I was uh, to show him the ropes, to take him around and just make sure he was all right. And we had to have right away. So we had just two wee Glasgow guys, having the time of our life. Uh, going to be playing for Glasgow Rangers. Uh, going up with each other on a Saturday night, sometimes a Sunday. That'd be a Monday, you know. <laughs> <Or> Tuesday. <laughs> Aye, but it was certainly a Wednesday. We had an absolute ball. We were having the time of our life, you know. Uh, and Duran. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Need new glasses or want a fresh new style? Warby Parker has you covered. Glasses start at just 95 bucks, including anti-reflective, scratch-resistant prescription lenses that block 100% of UV rays. Every frame's designed in-house, with a huge selection of styles for every face shape. And with Warby Parker's free home try-on program, you can order five pairs to try at home for free. Shipping is free both ways, too. Go to warbyparker.com covered to try five pairs of frames at home for free. Warbyparker.com covered. Support comes from ServiceNow, the AI platform for business transformation. You've heard the hype around AI. The truth is, AI is only as powerful as the platform it's built into. ServiceNow is the platform that puts AI to work for people across your business, removing friction and frustration for your employees, supercharging productivity for your developers, providing intelligent tools for your service agents to make customers happier, all built into a single platform you can use right now. That's why the world works with ServiceNow. Visit servicenow.com AI for people to learn more. 
he was I just is everything you've met him numerous times yourself he's a life and soul of the party uh just we had uh we had some great times because we we were never out of each other's company you know it wasn't it football it wasn't good at uh the weekends uh holiday together we went holidays together and all that the full Shabang. It was an absolute, it was magic, so it was. What a time. What's the age difference between you and Tarani? Eh, uh, that's about, is it about a, just under a year, Tarani? Right. He's a wee, bit, a wee bit older than me. Uh, but he was a kinder, I wouldn't say late developer, but he never came through the system. You know, the S form. Uh, Durante obviously came in there, it was probably on trial, it was a 15, 16 year old. And right away, I mean, you could see the class. And he was different, he was different in terms of, the, the way he played, uh, he, there wasn't as many midfielders that had that intelligence and made the runs that he did. It wasn't just like running, like, because he was some athlete. You need to think about the runs, you need to time the runs, and, as he, you, and he was really clever at seeing the build-up, as a play build-up, then boom, he would take off. And then that's when you could maybe find him, with a pass at it, he would read it. So he was, he was very clever as well. Uh, clever in the football sense. The twos were too dafties, but I never get many old levels. No, by the way, that's shot. There's another thing, and you should, because see, at school, I look back, I think Ian was maybe the same. We, I kind of left school. This is terrible, what I'm going to say, and I wouldn't advise any parents or to let their, their kids do this. So that's, I'd be telling after my man, dad, because seeing second year, I wasn't interested in school. It's only interesting in two things. Believe it or not, it was English. I liked English and I liked PE. Yeah. Cause I had to, and I had to go to school to play school football. I dogged it quite a lot. And I went up, there was a nature trail and little learn the guys that come for there or not. So we but in some great areas and that. I used to go up and train. So ah. I did myself. Uh, I think maybe not so much my ma, but I'm sure my dad knew I wasn't at school at times. On my blind eye, yeah. Aye. And I think he knew what I was doing. And uh, because that's all I wanted to do. You know, my dad's a roof shooter. Uh, so is my uncles and that as well. I didn't want to be a roof shooter. I wanted to be a football player. And I was going to get everything. Uh, so <laughs> no L, no o levels, which, uh, and looking back, it's t- see, I'm, I come down in my boys like a ton of bricks. That was never going to happen. So they are actually quite uh, brainy compared to me. <laughs> so, and I think Ian was a bit the same because we just wanted to be a, it was our dream. It's everything. And I think, I think Durant might have been a scaffolder. It's funny, right? I'm talking about roof sheeting. He might have been a, a scaffolder. I think that's what the other kind of occupation he was going to get into. So, so he gave everything. And, and, but we had to be lucky as well. So you need all the wee bits to fall into place. So if anybody listens into that, don't, into this, don't let your kids do that, let the school work, your getting your, well, it's no all levels now. What is it they have now? Is it? Is it? Not fives, I think, sorry <laughs> to say. I'm lost. Do you know? So, it's funny. Get a good education. Uh, I, I, just this morning, I had a phone call for a parent right. uh, at our club, and the boy goes for her under 16s and he's in trial with a professional club just mm-hmm. now, and his mum was having a conversation about, a time that he's dedicating to football and Aye. stresses that causes and he's coming up to do his prelims are starting this month or next month right and she said so what's the the club's view on him when he studies again on i says i'm not making that decision that's not my place what i will say is you've got to just make that decision and whatever decision you make if you say to me this kid's not coming to training for three weeks because he's got to study or he can't even mm-hmm. play this game i'll support that Whatever mm. you decide as a parent, and I thought, you know, that was good that she's having that conversation. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, yes. um, you know, the boy is he's a he's a talented player, mm-hmm. a late developer, but a talented player, and he's got a wee chance. Mm-hmm. And if he can get into this club at under 16 and you know, play two or three years mm-hmm. a good football, he could end up getting paid at the end there. Uh, um but but so he might know. But and that's the the but the big but. So you need to have something <clears throat> behind you to fall back on, and that's that education and getting all your qualifications. It is it's so important. So, so I just look back at that and I think, God, what was I even thinking? But that's there was a you were. So, I, I felt I was so driven. I just wanted that, you know, and that was it was so desperate just to become a football player. And that's because I was I was an S form, so I knew that this coming up to 15, 16 was coming up quickly so second so I wasn't going to school I was going training <laughs> again I wouldn't endorse what I'm about to say um just like you were with some of your comments earlier but 
See if you didn't have that. See if you had something to fall back on, would that have made you as driven? Maybe that having just the one goal, the one maybe helped your, you know, your mentality, your drive, your enthusiasm, mm. your determination that you're going, I ain't going to be up, God, a, up, uh, a, up, a, up a ladder. That's a good question. Uh, I never even gave that. I mean, at that, when you're 13, 14, you don't even think that. I just, you've got to watch Rangers, you're watching the games in the telly, and you want to be that. You want to have that lifestyle. You want to out there, and I was a dreamer as well. Actually, I used that was I used to kind of dream. I was I'd love to be like him. I'd love to do that, and that's why I was talking about Cooper and all that and Bobby Russell. But uh, I don't know. Nah, I, I didn't have the brains. Nah, <laughs> you wanted to go to a doctor. No, nah, I certainly wasn't going to be a doctor, and I certainly didn't want to be a roof sheet. I'm no not roof sheeters mm -hmm. because uh, my dad was. Uh, building, I was going to say about Ibrox himself. And my dad was, when I was at uh, Rangers, my dad was working on, uh, he'd done all the sheeting. All the sheeting. Uh, so sometimes I'd be a wee, a wee listener and that with other boys and my dad's up there hanging. See everybody in the district ballots over 60, about Ibrox. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, Every one of them, when you read it, I think there was something happened with them putting the seats in somewhere. They're some labourers in the pub just to eat. Did I? I don't know. Say, ah, about Ibrox, you know. Class. Your dad actually did. Well, oh, that's magic. Right. So you and Durante, um, you're in a couple of it. See, see, another thing, I'm just thinking, see when you made your debut then, were you still mm. an S form or were you apprentice at the time? You certainly wouldn't have been a professional because you couldn't sign as a pro for another year anyway, but what was the situation? Were you still S form? I'm still S form, okay. uh, but then that kind of gave me the inkling that I was going to get a contract. Mm. And that's, that is the kind of, that's what I'm saying, that I didn't go to school. I was That was the be all and end all. Getting your first professional contract and that gives you your opportunity to show what you're all about. I think my, my first contract was a, a, a two-year contract, something like that. I'm not too sure. I can't remember. But, uh, Probably never read it. I didn't. It was because, no, because you just want that pen and you just want to sign in the dotted line. You just want to be a professional. And then that's you. You're getting into Ibrox every morning. You know how. So when did you make your first competitive debut? Uh, that would have been... Doing it, Queen of the South. Uh, I think that was a cup game. I'm, not sure, I'm sure I'm not, I'm, I knew that was. I was 16 at that time. Uh, but that, there's one game as well comes into my mind. Hearts, I think it was Hearts at Ibrox. I think that was the home debut. But I never played in the middle of the part. I was playing wide right. I couldn't get in the middle of the part. There was I mean, some top players in there. The Russells, the, the Pritz and all that. All guys like that. You know, so even just to been that kind of starting lineup. So I think it was, I think it was doing it Queen of the South. Uh, there's a lot of, when I think back as well, there's a lot of the stuff I don't remember. I just remember kind of the cup finals and that and the, the parties and that, you know. So, <laughs> but a lot of the, there's just certain, I tell you what I remember as well, just like the, the travelling back and forward for Hamilton, uh, Ty Brooks and that. David Cooper. Who was your captain? Ian, Ian Ferguson. There was Ian Ferguson at times. There was Nicky Walker. I think Shoggy as well. Shoggy was uh, staying in Lark Hall. So you would be in that. I loved a Thursday because a Thursday we'd go back to Hamilton and uh, the guys were going to a wee place called the Muse, get a wee bite to eat. They got a couple of shandies, nothing daft. Uh, it was a wee piano bar. Coop would go in and a few of the boys put a coupon on. I would just be sitting there and uh, in their company just for a week and an hour or two, you know, just sitting, no saying that, not really involved in the conversation because they're a bit, obviously a bit older than me, but just sitting there, you know, and being with them, that was a number crazy. You know, I've been very, very lucky over mm -hmm. the last sort of 10 years. I met folk like yourself, folk I just grew up idolising. Um, Alan McCoy's walked by me in the street, he'll say hello, just mad stuff and you pinch yourself, mm -hmm. right? The one person that I never, ever got to meet in my life was David Cooper. And that just would have been the best. I mean, see the one. Uh, see the one thing about Coop I loved about David Cooper. Know that he was a brilliant player. He had time for you. Uh, I've mentioned when I go in the day some uh, the kind of wee dinners and all that, the Rangers clubs and whatever. And you're at a, if it's a Q and A or whatever. That's the one thing. It's, it's, it's probably the one thing I I think back and I go, David Cooper gave me time. Uh, and I mean. No time just on the training part, but away from that. 
He was brilliant in the dressing room. He was brilliant with us. Sure, the young guys. I think he liked, he liked a wee bit of carry on. So he was the moody blue in front of the media. He, he didn't want to talk to him. He, he didn't have any time on him. Time for them. But for us, younger guy, he'd be cheeky or no. You know, he could be bad. And he was funny at times. He was, but he gave you that wee bit of time, that wee bit of advice, put you uh, at ease just to a couple of wee words, a wee earn on the shoulder, a wee laugh, a wee joke. Well, sometimes players have not got that uh, for you. And that's the one thing. It, it, and I put guys like Ray Wilkins like that. I've mentioned Ray all yeah, the time. Yeah. A guy that was an absolute class act, yeah. player, world-class football player. And the one thing he had was time, you know. And that's, that's something that you don't get for certain players. I remember reading something on social media when he, when he passed away. And it was a guy who was begging in the street. And Ray Wilkins yeah. went to walk past him. And he went up and started talking to him. Mm -hmm. Within half an hour, they were sitting in a coffee shop, blethering like two pals. Mm -hmm. And this guy, when Ray Wilkins died, like, you know, Cooper died, you've got a million people writing, mm -hmm. um, you know, their memories of them. And I'd read loads and loads of them, but to see this one guy, I thought, geez, well, that tells you more about that man mm -hmm. than any international capital, any trophy, any AC Milan's he played for. He's just an absolute gentleman. Aye. And that is the difference with these guys. Uh, some of the guys in the dressing room were a wee bit different sometimes because if it was me, if it was uh, Durante, maybe Dave McFarlane, kind of cheeky chappies. Some of the guys a wee dink, you know, a wee slap, which is quite right, you know, because we were cheeky wee bisms at, at time. But uh, but I think Coop enjoyed that. And I liked to get my heady fuck as well in the tunnel. But just just that time, just sitting with you, talking with you, yapping away. You know, and you're saying you're, you're going like, Alan McCoy's pinch yourself. This is a guy that I grew up idolising, want to be like him. Uh, wearing his, I remember one of the, when I was in helping out with the gear, he chucked his, uh, the thing kept his soaks up, the tie-ups and all that, and he chucked it away. And I grabbed it, right? And I wore it, I wore it for about two years. I wouldn't take it off because it was David Cooper's night. I don't know if he knew that, David Cooper. But what happened was I got into, it was Bob, the, the physio at the time, and when I was in getting rubs and that, he was kept saying to me, you need to take that off. I said, it's not coming off. Yeah. I think we got into a wee skirmish about that. He was going to cut it off and I went off my nut. So I did. I know it's just wee things like that will come back, wee memories. Uh -huh. But uh, but no, these guys are class act. So they are. So when you start getting into the team, and very regularly, to be fair, at 16 and 17, uh, wasn't he like some people nowadays, they might get three games out a season. You were in more than you were out when you got in. How did the other, you're lining up, whistle goes, and you're looking at who's going to be marking you. How did they react to you? Uh, again, it's, the only way I can, I can understand that now is when I get a bit older and I was coming up against a young player, I used, I, I began, I need to be at it today because this is a young, eager, energetic player. He's going to want to impress, so he's going to be going here, there and everywhere. And, and you've got to match that. So I could imagine that's what the opposition players would maybe be looking at me going, <clears throat> well, he's going to want to impress. He's going to have that energy. Uh, I'm going to go and need to give him a wee slap or two and at times. But I get looked after as well, you know, in some of the Rangers teams that I played with, you know. So if I was getting uh, a bit of a rough time, there were guys that would... Stand in enforcers. Right. So see through this early part of your career, is there anybody that stands out that was a right bugger to you that just took liberties? Opposition. Mm -hmm. There was one uh, the boy, I remember it he should have broke my leg. I don't know, it was a boy of Billy Abercrombie. It was a tough player St. Murn. Aye. Oh, it was a good player, Billy Abercrombie, mm -hmm. but he was a tough player, dirty player. Uh and uh, again, being young. A wee bit naive, you know, and getting into tackles, 50-50s, you know. Sometimes you just got to get your foot up a wee bit higher on the, the opposition player. And uh, wasn't he as experienced as any guys? And I remember he'd done me uh, a, a couple of times. So, but I, see, for that tackle, for, so he'd done me a favour, actually. Well, I, 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 by the way, I was lying in a heap, crumple. I thought, I thought I'd broke my leg. Uh, I get carried off. I was doing it at uh, Love Street. I learned that day. Yeah. Uh, that I maybe just hang back a wee bit, get my foot a wee bit higher, and maybe give him a wee 
a wee ding a wee as nudge. well. So I, so that's it. It's a learning curve, isn't it? So that, that's what it's that's so part of that. And see the opposition you're playing against. Was been any of them actually quite good with you in the part and supportive and talk you through games? Uh, Craig, I've said this numerous times, and it's it'll go with the respect with the Rangers Celtic. Right, there is a lot of hatred there, a lot of dislike, no that, but. More often than not, between the players, there's a respect. And the, the one with Tommy Burns when I made my debut in an old firm game at Parkhead, uh, Tommy, I was playing up against Tommy, uh, and I thought he was at the wind up because after five, ten minutes of the game, he starts praising me. He starts, he's like, You're doing well, wee man. He says, Keep it going. He's like, Keep that two touch, touch and play, touch and play, keep moving. I'm like, He's at it, see why me up. And he kept going and going like good stuff. So I'm going like this. I'm because I was going, shouldn't be like us. And where's all this hatred? I've heard no that. And I was kind of had this vibe that because that was my first like Celtic get now again yeah. against Celtic in that environment. And I thought it was going to be pure hatred. It's the like opposite. So this keeps going on. And, and, and he's like, even at getting off at half time, he says, That was good stuff, by the way. Good stuff. You, hey, you're doing magic and all that. I'm going off and I'm sitting there at half time. So I goes on another 20 minutes into the second half before I get took off, uh, get subbed, I was knackered. And it's not just a physical element, it's everything that goes with it, you know, uh, the nervous nervousness you have in it and the excitement and that. And just as walking off again, he's a wee part and he's like, hey, excellent son. But I went and I couldn't believe it. You know, and I was like, ah, strange. And when I get into the first uh, Scotland squad, <clears throat> it was doing it, Trun. And I walks into this room, and again, I was nervous, you know, walking into a room full of all these Scottish internationalists. And Tommy was the first one. He got up off the uh, for the table, up off his chair, come over and introduce me to all the guys. And I was uh, so there. That was that was kind of surreal. That so it was. I bet it was because 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 I, I, I because I, <laughs> sometimes I when I was working in the schools, sure he says in my red card. I, I used to tell that story because when I. Went outside to meet my dad, was taking the same. My dad, the first thing my dad was like, How how was it? I was like, amazing, unbelievable dad. I says, Oh, the pace and the quarters. I says, but dad. And he was like, what is it? He says, uh, he says, why is it? I says, Tommy Burns. And he went, What about Tommy Burns? Right? What can I? He says, What about Tommy Burns? What was he? I says, no, dad. He says, he was brilliant with me. I says, he was actually encouraging me, praising me. He's like, ah, you're kidding me on. And uh, for that day onwards, my dad did the respect for Tommy Burns. Well, see, when uh, I'd come across him as a, as a youth mm -hmm. um, a few times, and again, I'm like, ah, can't believe this guy's been nice to me, right? Gentlemen. Um, but see, when you look at his funeral photograph, and you see Walter Smith, and you see Alan Coist, and you see who was in the, the Scotland background staff room, like, oh, that's it. You don't need to. Ask yourself why it's obvious why that it was just a genuinely nice guy. But do you know one of the weird things? I watched him training one day, right? He was coming off the park. I went, Excuse me, Mr. Burns. Why did you get a puma boot in one shoe and this one in the other? And he had a puma king, I think, in his left foot. And he says, I like to touch you, that one, but I prefer the, the grip with the there you go. right? And I remember, I says, But what do you do when you go to a game? He says, I need to wear Adidas, so I paint. My puma, aye, aye. black, and the tapex <laughs> to put stripes on it. And I was telling a Celtic pal, I mean this. Right. And he's like, no way. And I searched and I searched the internet. It's like, right, I couldn't think. Near enough, every photograph was very knees up, right? The guy's living as a funeral and shit. And I went, no, right. But then, boy, uh, John Hillcoat was a goalkeeper. I went mean, to school together. Aye. He was a couple of years above me in school. And he was uh, ground staff at St. Mum as a boy. Mm -hmm. And same, they've, they've turned up, they've been like, ah, right, that's right, he's already got Adidas for the Scottish Cup final. Right. And I can't remember the old pros right. he was looking after at the time, but he got two pairs to get mm -hmm. their Pumas, blackened out, and tippexed out, and they played in the Scottish Cup final with Pumas on. But Adidas had flung all these boots in the wrong, oh, I need to wear Adidas, Adidas are getting us all that support. And he had, his job was the ground staff was to blacken out the Pumas right. sign and put tapex uh -huh. on them and away they went. Nah, uh, was... Nice guy, Tommy Burns. And, um... do, do you know something? Just a guy that uh, was very religious. Mm -hmm. uh, I am, though. Uh, but loved his club, which I do. I love my club. Uh -huh. so, And he respected that and uh, vice versa. And I think that's... Because <clears throat> you talk about 
the Rangers and the Celtic thing as well. There's guys like and I have Paul McStay as well when I finished playing. I worked for a short period of time with Paul as well, getting into the schools. Try to show the kids that listen, hey, you want to win and you want the best for your club. But sometimes there's a line you can't cross. And sometimes we have crossed it, you know, and we make mistakes. But you know, if you can get it back to listen, it's at the end of the day, you know, you can still be pals as well. You can still have that relationship. And I've had that. Same with your auntie, not we'll go back because we've at times when we were out in Glasgow, we would be in certain people's company. You know what I mean? Some of the Celtic boys. And uh, you get funny looks, right enough. But uh, but that's just the way it is. Uh, we want to kick lumps out of them, of course. They want to do the same to us. They want to win. We want to win. We want to date. We want to date for for the supporters. That's what it's all about. So and so. But there, but there can be times, and I'm not saying I'm, I'm a saint. There's sometimes I have crossed yeah. the line like a lot of people. But uh, but there is underlying the the respect is there. Yeah, no, I, I, I totally agree. I mean, what I try to say to some of the kids is there is nothing wrong with loving your club and your team. Mm-hmm. doesn't mean you hate anybody else. Mm-hmm. Now, if you go into a partner playing against them and he, he steps your game up 10%, mm-hmm. but see the end of the game, shake his hands. Aye. Uh, and I, I remember, I, I was I've been about 18, was playing for a team down in Port Glasgow, Scottish Cup final. He'd have in the morning. Flies, running that mental, he's trying to get back mm-hmm. up the road for the Great Hamden. I can't remember what year it was. I'll play name, it might have been a League Cup thing, I can't just remember. And my ticket was for the, it was the North Enclosure, mm-hmm. and I was the last turnstile with the Rangers fans. So we're walking that way, there's a big fence, and hundreds of coppers, and they're all walking that way. And I don't need to tell you the choice words I get flung about, mm-hmm. right? And I'm getting it as good as I can, Aye. I'm getting Aye. back, right? And I get to the fence, and I've looked, and there's a boy about that apart. It was a goalkeeper for Port that I played with that day. Right? And I'm seeing that I'm stinking in the two just look and stop burst out. We're only two laughing. Everybody else hates it. It's mad, so isn't it? It's is, is a bit mad mental. I think I think it's society. I think <coughs> to take that away from the Rangers and Celtic game would take a lot of what is the spectacle. Mm-hmm. But if we can the final whistle goes and you can go up the road and no one to shoot somebody or stick Aye. a knife in somebody, then I think it's acceptable. Aye. But People have got to learn that it's no 24-7. It doesn't need to be. I like when the banter is there, when there's, they're winding you up, but it's done with humour as well. Because you've got to laugh at yourself sometimes. Sometimes, sometimes that, that's as a football player, you're going to, I said earlier, the criticism, somebody's going to shout things at you. Sometimes you just go to laugh. And you go and, if you take a wee step back and go, by the way, he's right, that's quite funny. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So you've got, sometimes you just go to, like, but that's you just say it. You don't want to go and shoot hurt somebody, but there's nothing better than beating them. I don't know. And then and, and it, that's a bit loving your team. Aye, I know. And then you can go and celebrate and party, and you, and you know that they're sitting in the house or in a darkened room. Aye. And that's the whole beauty, of it, isn't it? That's the whole beauty. <laughs> see, of, see, you know, it was uh, I was born in Linwood, and I moved mm-hmm. when I was about second year in school up to Bridge of Weir, and uh, the, the pub in Bridge of Weir. The middle of Bridge Weir had uh, a lounge and a bar, and the Rangers bus left for one, the Celtic bus left for the other. Right? <laughs> right. It was an old firm. It was all right because he'd be away. See, they're playing away in Aberdeen. You're in in the morning, mm-hmm. you were in at lunchtime, yeah. and you would hardly cross each other coming back. But all firm games, obviously, leaving at the same time, coming back at the same time, right? And there was a, an unwritten rule. Nobody ever said, This is what we're going to do, right? Mm-hmm. See if we won, they'd get half a bus straight up the road. Uh, there you go. See if we, we I... beat half a bus straight up the road. I... See if it was a draw. What a party! <laughs> I, I, isn't it? So, and that, I think that's what's so about that you can. And the good thing is knowing that the that we used to do. We used to go and celebrate, you know. Uh, but you knew the punters were celebrating as well, wherever they were. They were going back to their wee village or whatever. They were going back to their, their house or their party. I just love the fact that you could have a good time, enjoy it, party, and you've got one earn them. It's nothing better. It's a great feeling, isn't it? What's your best ever all firm game? Uh, that, that probably the, the the one we won two one uh, at in the first league cup. There's other one because there's one and we never won. It was a two each game. We were two nothing done. We're down to ten men. I think it was a golf who scores uh, last yeah. last gasp winner. That felt I mean that felt amazing. So it did. Is that one he almost miskicked it? Aye. It's a weird one at the back post, isn't it? And Gerrani plays a one too, away out on the right hand side. And, and again, he's getting the right to get the ball 
back in, but he did somehow, and we're doing, uh, I think we were doing the nine men. Then, anyway, I, I, like that, and I can remember that felt what I won, but probably the first League Cup, we won 2 1, Coop scores the winner. It's my first medal, my first League Cup medal. So, and again, everything that went with it after the game, the celebrations, magic, back to Ibrox, the celebrations, with all the, all the guys, all the guys that worked in there, and then you go, She's passed a wee tiny Irene or the or girls or the guys at there or the hard graph. When you go back to Ibrooks and you can sit, have a drink and party with them. And that, they're the best laughs. Right? So what age are you at this time in the cup final? Is it 18? 18, no, I think it was 18, 19, I think so. <clears throat> and the thing is, you go, oh, this is great. This is where it's all going to. It's, it's always going to be like this. And then you find out it's no. <laughs> so, and that... So that, maybe that's what I was guilty of, was enjoying the moment. But then when I think back, I can I don't regret that because uh, because I've, I've I've shared some like kind of great moments, some and had some great times with the guys. So uh, aye, but the seven years I was there, I made the most of it. You know, aye, I was, but discipline could have been better at times, of course. Uh, I picked up far too many injuries, of course, that frustrated Graham. Uh, and quite rightly so, I can see it for his side. But, uh, but I, I, I just go, pff, the seven years that I had, uh, absolutely, I loved it. Just ask a little favour. I really appreciate the hours some of you are investing into the channel, simply watching the videos. But to help the channel grow, what I would love for you to do is hit the subscribe button if you enjoy the channel. And if there's any particular podcast you enjoy, please hit the thumbs up for like button. It will do massive things for the channel if we can do that. And thank you very much for your continued support and feedback.